Hello, I am Investigator NZ Zero. Welcome to your podcast Latin Macabre Stories and more. Remember to read the warning notice in the description before listening. If you are new, pause, read, and continue. I invite you to follow us on YouTube. The Book 7 4.3 Based on real events told by Ariel Burgoyne, written and adapted by Eduardo Lennon. My name is Rodrigo, and this experience happened in 2008. A whole city in Paraguay, which is a small city located a few kilometers from Asuncion. It was a rainy time in the region, and one day, there was school. Despite the size of the aquifer, I had no problems getting to school, since it was close to my house. After going through each puddled area and getting my pants full of mud, I was finally able to get there. I was hoping there wouldn't be class. It was when it rained a lot. It was common for it to be suspended, but that day I didn't want to risk it, not go since I had pending tasks. When I checked my hopes, they were satisfied to see that the teacher had not arrived. And sometimes the roads were filled with water and vehicles were stranded. The rain that the atmosphere of loneliness in the school overwhelmed you, barely set foot in the hallways and many students had not attended. They had left when they didn't see teachers, but I preferred to stay in my classroom to kill time and talk with my classmates. Half the morning passed like this between absurd talks and games. When boredom arrived, I began to review my books and notebooks. While he was doing it, a group of classmates gathered in a secluded area of the room. One of them, named Alexis, took a book out of his backpack and began to lead through it in front of the astonished eyes of the others. There they were talking about something that I couldn't hear very well. Alexis was always known for being somewhat intellectual, and he read a lot and always carried a different book every week. No wonder he pulled some out of his backpack. However, the attention of my classmates was unusual, so my curiosity made me approach the group and find out what they were talking about. The book in question was a very old one, with some old engravings on its yellowish pages, with a thick part that looked solid and with a characteristic smell. He claimed that he had taken it from a collection of his grandmother's books which he jealously kept in an equally old closet. It was very strange, and its font was black, and the cover only had a red mark fused, a symbol that I later learned was related to Satanism and devil worship. It was not a common pentagram. It was more of a Karabaka-type cross mounted on an infinity symbol. Everyone was eager to look through and see the context of the book but I didn't think it was a good idea to play with that kind of esoteric stuff. So I left my place and let him continue with his thing. Alexis, without hesitation, began to read the first paragraph of the book out loud so that the others could listen attentively. It gave me a chill just listening. I tried to go out, but the rain was getting worse, so it was impossible. Come. Those who read these writings will be cursed and will gain knowledge. It was more or less what the first paragraph of that book said. Thus, 
Alexis continued reading even more absurd things that, far from being pleasant, spoke of aberrant situations and sorcery that I don't want to remember. When it was finally time to leave, we all retired to our homes. It was very late and the rain had stopped, but darkness, despite being very early, was present. I immediately went home and was a little anxious to listen to the reading of that book. That afternoon, I just locked myself in my room to watch some television and wait for time to pass to sleep. It was very hot because of the rain and the muzzle made me sweat profusely. So I turned on the fan and slapped with the windows open. It was early morning when I woke up abruptly from a strange dream. I felt discomfort in my legs and it was very itchy to get up and turn on the light. I saw with disquiet that the foot of my bed was invaded by small red ants that were then biting my feet and legs. There was such a quantity that I got up to shake off the insecticidal feces. The heat was unbearable, so I headed to the bathroom to pee and shower. While drying my hair with a towel, I noticed something that made my blood run cold. I barely recognized that there was something behind my window. My room was on the second floor, and it was impossible for anyone to be there watching me. From the first balcony of blood in my head came an electric current that made me shudder and remained static for a few seconds. When my mind tried to understand what it was about, it was a black lump that seemed to have no shape. But as my eyes got used to the lack of light, I could see that in reality, the black was a kind of cloak and what was inside it was something that could not be seen. It was just an infinite blackness. My first impulse was to run and get away from there, but my legs didn't respond. And the worst thing is that lightning began to flash and a storm formed that broke the sky with a lot of rain and thunder. Those flashes only confirmed the presence of that dark being that seemed tempted by what he was doing. In a way, when lightning struck nearby, it shook the entire house with the noise. It made my body move. He met the floor to bring me under the bed and not see the beam. After another flash of lightning that illuminated my entire room, the blood mixed again when I saw that the presence of that dark being was inside the room. It was chaos and my mind was about to collapse when I saw something that looked familiar. It was the black book that he balanced and carried in the cadaverous hand of this being. Then, between the noise of the rain and the hiss of the fan, I could hear how the being seemed to speak in whispers with an incomprehensible language. But after a while, I knew that it was not one language, but many voices that seemed to say something that I was not understanding. Then another flash of lightning, and this time the light went out without a fan, leaving me in total darkness. I don't know when the dark being vanished from the terror he felt. It lasted a long time until finally sleep overcame me and I fell asleep under the bed. At dawn, my mother's angry screams when she told me that I was late for school woke me up and even with fear, I had to get ready to go and not say anything to her so that she wouldn't scold me. The walk to school seemed long and the day was still cold and cold. Upon arrival, 
I noticed that Alexis and the other colleagues from the previous meeting were debating something heatedly. My curiosity made me approach and listen to what they said. Everyone agreed on what they saw that night. That dark being with the black cloak, the book in his hand, and the prayers. It was unlikely, but the same thing happened to all of us who heard the paragraphs, ruining my theory that it had been some kind of dream. Alexi told us that before going to school and after spending a bad night, she took the book and burned it. So for his grandfather to find out about Alexis' fate, it wasn't much. But what I do know is that in some way we were all, in effect, cursed by reading that book and the wisdom that there are incomprehensible and terrifying things that we cannot fathom. Dimension. The book. Based on real events told by Ariel for Gay, written and adapted by Eduardo Lennon, if you want to know more stories from the same author, I invite you to follow us. We will hear each other in the next stories. Lesson 1397.4 Story based on real events told by Maria Zarati. Written and adapted by Eduardo Lennon. I don't remember when was the first time I heard something related to paranormal phenomena, but since I can remember, I have always been surrounded by stories of supernatural things. The first one who told me stories. It was my maternal grandmother. She was born and raised in the Venezuelan plain and spent almost all of her life in the countryside and rural areas where she witnessed strange things and that in each story he defined as bad things or that evil existed at different levels. I never knew what she was referring to and only some time later I discovered that my grandmother mastered transmutation and mastery of the elements although not for very clear purposes. But as I grew up, I learned that she was a high-level witch whose high level will not be inherited from generation to generation by the women of the family. My own mother told me that she many times witnessed her grandmother's transmutations into different forms or the domination they had over the animals of the countryside to recreate, inflict torment on people. This, of course, always on request. My mother's abilities were discovered when she entered puberty. There she noticed that she had a high sense of perception and saw and heard things, things that other people couldn't. She also discovered that from time to time, endless images that burned in her mind were like memories that were suddenly there. And that had to do with unknown people or situations that had not yet happened. Over time, she learned that this ability was called clairvoyance. When she turned 14 and having accepted her abilities, she decided to experiment with them and see what range they had. So she somehow got hooked on a very common practice, like reading cards and predicting the future. Since she didn't have to teach her, she bought a cheap little book where they explained the meaning of the cards and how they should be read. As the days went by, she learned the meanings and she became an expert at throwing cards and interpreting them. So the first to guess the future were her friends from school and my uncles. What had started as a game began to take on serious overtones. 
and even more so when my grandfather realized my mother's obsession and practices. People began to look for her to read her letters to them. He disapproved of her situation at all times. Since my mother was all the time clinging to her letters and her little book, she did not have a normal life and she was always immersed in anxiety to see people's future. Grandfather constantly scolded my mother for doing that and warned her that if she continued like this, something bad would happen to her or that in any case, they would scare her away. But my mother, being a reckless teenager, did not pay much attention to grandfather's warnings, not knowing that nights later those warnings would come true. One night, after sending letters to some people, she went to sleep and at a certain time in the morning she woke up after having some nightmares. She was breathing deeply and with great anxiety without knowing why. The room was in darkness and the only thing she could see was her sister on one side sleeping peacefully. It wasn't unusual for her to wake up suddenly at night, but tonight had been quite unusual. She stood up and looked for her sandals to go to the bathroom, which, still sleepy and dark, she dragged her feet, but she suddenly became petrified. She had never seen anything like what was on the bedroom door. Although she saw presences all the time that were just there, nothing more, he emanated such a negative energy that my mother began to sweat profusely and her heart began to beat so much that she almost jumped out of her chest. Her mind blocked from trying to figure out what she saw and it was horrible to her. Standing in the center of the door was a dark, feminine presence in black clothing whose color did not reflect the light where her face should be and she was wearing a black veil that made her presence even more disturbing. The feeling of cold that my mother began to feel as time passed in front of that presence and that, according to her, it seemed as if reality had frozen. Her senses were in complete shock and fighting against the panic she was feeling. She made an effort to close her eyes tightly so as not to see that, but opening them is horrible. Presence still continued in the room. She was immovable and at first seemed to have no arms or legs but the black cloak she wore was in one piece and trailed to the floor. Somehow my mother tried to take courage and she remembered some advice from her grandmother. She once told him that if she saw an apparition, she would ask him what he wanted. So she did it and with a trembling voice and almost in a whisper, she asked, what do you want? After a few minutes, the dead silence was broken by a female voice coming out of the black veil. It was somewhat sweet and velvety, but the tone was biting. What do you want? My mother felt absolute terror when she heard that question, and even more so because that damn dark presence had answered her inside of her. She understood what the question meant, and she did nothing but collapse back into bed and cover herself from head to toe with a sheet unable to sleep. She felt that she was leaving, the sheet remained a little. She would find that presence of hers very close to her. She remained like that for several hours until the first rays of dawn slipped through the fabric. There she could see that everything seemed to be completely calm. 
My aunt had stopped to have breakfast, and after a while, she jumped out of bed, took the tarot and the little book from her, and burned them with elegance. Far from the eyes of my family, and with quite a bit of silence. Then she asked God for forgiveness, swearing that she would never do those practices again, and that she would try to control her weaknesses to the point of disappearing, although this could not be entirely. Since that time she lived cautiously, taking very seriously the Venezuelan saying that states, I don't believe in witches, but they fly, they fly. Lesson Story based on real events told by Maria Zarati. Written and adapted by Eduardo Lennon. Yeah, we listen to each other. Follow us, subscribe and share on YouTube. This helps me continue with this project. Give your opinion. In the description you will find the emails to send your stories in case you like to share them. I appreciate your preference. Until the next episode. Latin Macabre Stories and more.